Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hey Star Wars fans and welcome back to Spark of Rebellion. This is your weekly Star Wars show bringing you everything from a galaxy far, far away. My name's Gary, your host for this week. I'm going to be running solo this week. Mr. Mark, he is doing some housey stuff. He's got some time off work, so he is stuck doing manly things that men do with DIY type stuff. I assume. We assume so. He's probably playing his PlayStation, but I'm not going to dig into that. He's a grown man. He can do what he wants. But yeah, welcome back to Spark, everybody. And I hope you're all keeping well, keeping safe. This is episode 97. We really are getting close to 100 episodes now. It's very, very cool. I wonder if we'll do anything for episode 100. Mabes. Mabes, who knows? But it's exciting anyway. It's exciting times. Yeah. So I hope you've all had a good week in terms of Star Wars as well. Hopefully you've managed to watch something or read something or play a game or whatnot. It's going to be one of those weeks where... We've got about half a dozen news items to go through, so we will smash through that in due course. Uh, Hopefully you listened to last week's show as well. That was very cool. Uh, So like last week, this week's going to be the same sort of thing. There's um, There's no live stream because last week Mark and I were, for the first time in literally donkey's years, Mark and I were in the same room together, which is crazy. We'd only met each other face to face once before then and that was a long time ago London it's very cool so now that we work together we can go to the office now and then and do that stuff so we were in the the office over at the Rebel Base Media Studio in Sheffield and uh, it was very cool it was very cool to do a to do an in-person podcast don't get to do those often certainly not in the past year anyway so that was very very cool we were socially distanced of course don't worry about that. There was no, no funny business, but yeah, it was. Um, there was no live stream because of the way we had it set up and everything, it just wouldn't work. So hopefully, listen to that. That's some good stuff there. And yeah, this week I'm going to run through some some newsy, some newsy stuff with you. There. Before I crack on with that though, uh, if you want to listen to our show on the regular, then make sure that you follow our podcast in uh, for free in whatever podcast you listen to your podcast on, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, any of those things. Um, we'd love for you to, to follow the show. That way you won't miss it when it lands every single Saturday morning. And uh, if you like the show, if you want to support what we do, then we'd love to have you as a Patreon supporter as well. Uh, and a huge thank you, huge love to our current patrons. We love you guys. You can go over there to patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. You can jump on from various tiers there and grab yourself some SOR swag and, and be part of the team. So, uh, yeah, we'd love to have that. It keeps the lights on. I think it's the phrase um, to keep the show kind of ticking over and invest uh, into equipment and all that stuff to make sure it's uh, continuously sounding and looking good. So, um, yeah. And like I said, thank you very much to our 
current patrons. We love you guys. Uh, so thank you for all that. We're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, there are links on the website, which is sparkofrebellion.com. You can also link to those podcast apps as well over there and, and do that stuff. But uh, yeah, we're on the socials too. Come and give us a like and a follow over there as we chat Star Wars throughout the week, which is nice. Right, I'm going to crack on. So the first one, bit of a fan, bit of a fan build this one, which is amazing. I, I love stories like this because in the world of rumours and, you know, just the whole rumour mill and uh Mark and I uh, discuss various YouTube channels here and there that just love to, you know, very clickbaity and just discussing loads of stuff that occasionally turns out to be true. But for the most part, it's just a big, a big, you know, the the, the rumor mill just churning away and nothing really substantial. It's just here and there. So this is and this is proper Star Wars fandom in its truest form. So uh, over in Russia, uh, there's a dude. Uh, a dude called, uh, I hope I'm saying it right, um, uh, Ayal, I think is I think is the, the guy's name. He runs a YouTube channel and Instagram Instagram channel called Just Ayal. Ayal. My Russian's not that good, I'm afraid. Uh, it's a, a, a little place called uh, Yakutsk, Yakutsk in Russia. Absolutely butchering this. I'm fully aware of that. Anyway, uh, this dude has gone on quite remarkably and made a massive, massive fan model of the Razor Crest from Mandalorian. Now, when I say it's a big model, I don't mean, okay, we're going to make this like, you know, it's, it's a big model, but it will still fit on the shelf. No, no, no. I'm talking like it towers above a, a fully grown man. It's like a huge, it, you know, they had to build it outdoors. It's not going to fit inside. It's just a massive, huge model. And it's amazing. I mean, they've got the... It looks like, anyway, they've got the dimensions down. They've got everything. I mean, it's 46 feet long, 33 feet wide, and it's 13 feet tall. So, you know, this is like, and I think it weighs around a ton as well, or just over a ton. And, uh, yeah, it's amazing. I love stuff like this. This is fandom in its truest form. It's not Star Wars fans sitting around squabbling, over whether The Last Jedi was any good, squabbling about Kathleen Kennedy and, you know, all of that stuff. It's just somebody, you know, doing their thing, showing their appreciation, their love for Star Wars. So I'll stick a link to this in the show notes. It's amazing to see. Uh, they, I think CBS News actually caught hold of this over in the US and they put a couple of tweets out about it and it's gained a lot of traction. So um, it's just dedication, man. It takes a long, a long time and it's not cheap to do either. It really isn't cheap. I think um, uh, to begin with, I think they, I think they started fairly light with it, but they ran into some funding issues because, like I said, it's not cheap. You know, you have to buy all the parts and materials and and all that stuff. But then they uh, they somehow did it. I think um, in uh, some of, one of the articles that I read, uh, one of the guy's friends sold his car so he could help finance it, and then they got some backers uh, doing something else. One of those online things i think but it just looks really cool so i'll i'll stick a link to it go and check it out and uh, uh give this give this guy some love it looks uh it looks awesome moving on we have some information on a a deleted scene that didn't appear in the rise of skywalker that if it had it would have made the film take a a, a bit of a dark turn 
Now, this is coming from the website inverse.com. These dudes, they report on fairly regularly on on this kind of thing. And uh, it's come from the the guy that played Chewie in the sequel trilogy, uh, Yunus Swatomo, I think is that you say it, um, is, uh, has got a book coming up. He's got a book coming up where he's been writing around his time, about his time playing Chewbacca in the sequel trilogy films. And as part of that book, there was, um, uh, he describes a scene that happened between him and him and um, Kylo Ren. And essentially the, the crux of it is, remember in, in, uh, in this part of the film where Chewie gets um, uh, kidnapped, or was that in The Last Jedi? One of the films, Chewie gets kidnapped and then we don't see him until a bit later on. But one of the deleted scenes is apparently uh, Chewie is is chained up. He's he's not going anywhere, and he's in one of those um, horrific-looking torture chamber device things. Uh, we saw this very, very briefly and lightly back in the OT, where it's it, if they had have put this scene in there, it would have like gone up another notch from the other couple of times we've seen it. So they alluded to this stuff very briefly in A New Hope where Princess Leia is being held captive, Darth Vader comes in, and behind him is one of the torture uh, droids. It's like this black sphere that's got like all these um, needles coming off of it and stuff. It doesn't look very good. But you don't actually see anything take place. It kind of... I think George Lucas wanted just to make your mind fill in the gaps. Like, you know, she's just been tortured. This is not going to go... Or she's about to be tortured, and it's not going to go very well. And then if you fast forward to... The, the sequel trilogy in Force Awakens, we have that scene where Kylo Ren is uh, torturing both um, Rey and Poe. So the one with Poe is a bit more sort of physically horrific, where you can see him really about to sort of burst blood vessels and screaming and stuff. Uh, the other one is with Rey is a bit more psychological. But um, apparently if they'd have concluded this scene in The Rise of Skywalker, then that would have taken it up another notch because uh, apparently it was quite intense and quite dark. So uh, Yunus uh, describes the way that Adam Driver prepared himself for the scenes was he went into a bit of method acting space and didn't talk to anybody in between takes and was really, uh, quote-unquote, psyched himself up and uh, psyched himself to be a real monster through all of it, even with the cameras on or off. And uh, so, yeah, it sounds pretty intense because Adam Driver, he's got that natural intensity anyway. So I can imagine that during the scenes where he's really going for it, it would have been really scary. So this maybe would have pushed the movie into that very much. This is this bit of it is not really kid friendly. A little bit like when the uh, Revenge of the Sith came out, there were some questions around um, what was going to happen with Anakin Skywalker and his transformation in transformation into Darth Vader. And uh, George Lucas was like, yeah, that part of the film, we can't get away from it. It has to go dark. It has to have an element of of darkness to it. So it's probably not going to be the nicest of scenes to watch, but it's necessary to get across the, uh, the, the darkness and the intensity of that transformation. So I imagine it would have been a similar vibe to this if they had have included these scenes. It would have been that bit like, right, kids, you know, this is a bit horrific, this bit, you know, whatever. 
but it sounds pretty cool. So it'll be interesting to check out this book from Junas or Yunas uh, whenever it finally lands. I don't think there's going to be an English version to begin with, but these things normally get translated, don't they? It's normally, um, you know, I imagine we'll see a Kindle version at some point soon. And then if it, that does okay, then probably uh, probably get the actual physical book here in the UK and other countries and whatnot. And apparently it's um, it's about a 400-page um, uh, book from him. So it sounds pretty good. But there we go. It's uh, I mean, I'm really intrigued by that. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see um, uh, these deleted scenes. They, they, they sound very intense and cool. So we will keep you guys updated. If we hear anything more about the book or or anything more, we'll, um, we'll keep you updated. Now, remember when Mark and I spoke last year about the the leaked script for The Rise of Skywalker that leaked online. Remember when there was that whole big thing that it's kind of become a, I'm aware I'm using the word thing a lot, but it's become a thing where once a film's come out and it's either done, there seems to be no middle ground. If a film's come out and it's done really bad, or it's done amazingly well. There still seems to be this appetite from fans that they want to have like an alternate version, like the, the the version that hasn't been messed with by the studio, hasn't been dicked around and stuff, like the director's true vision. And uh, we've seen that actually put into action with Snyder's um, Justice League Cup. But there always seems to be this thing, doesn't there? There's no middle ground. Like if a film comes out and it does reasonably well, it's fairly mediocre, nobody touches it. Um, whereas in the case of the rise of Skywalker, which was very divisive, there was this, uh, uh, that script that was initially written by Colin, Colin Trevorrow and the script was entitled duel of the fates. And I think that was going to be the working title. It was the working title for episode nine. And then they changed it obviously. Um, but, uh, and it was a big thing at the time. I remember Mark and I talking about this and we said, oh, this sounds actually pretty pretty damn good this would have been a really good take a really good direction for the film to go in but anyway another fan project bless star wars fans eh bless star wars fans so another fan project for you so andrew uh weingarner has been working for the past year on a comic book adaptation of colin trevorrow's script jewel of the fates and uh, apparently it'll be seven issues when it's finally done and he has tweeted out uh, a couple of pages and whatnot on his Squarespace website. And uh, yeah, I've got to say, I mean, it looks a little bit, you can tell that this wouldn't be, um, you know, you can tell that this is a a, a tiny bit sort of um, rough around the edges, you know, some of the, um, uh, some of the coloring's a bit basic and stuff like that. However, the, uh, the actual the, the 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 quality is for a fan project, an entire comic book and seven of them at that. This is impressive, I must say, and you can tell the quality gap from you know like a professional comic that you'd pick up in a store, or order online, whatever, versus a fan project. But it's not far off, man. It really isn't far off at all. I'm going to give it a read um, uh, later on. I've had a very quick skim through, and uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like all the things are in there that I can see um, from Colin Trevorrow's script. Um, so again, I'll link to this in the show notes, but what a, what a cool thing, man. It's like, 
And you can tell that fans have really turned themselves onto this whole alternative version. A bit like the Snyder Cut, you know, Justice League. It didn't really, it wasn't reviewed very well. And as we know, it just didn't do that well. It kind of missed the mark a little bit. And so you get the fans that are hungry for it. They're like, you know, what's going on? This doesn't, you know, it just doesn't feel like a Snyder sort of thing. And uh, which we know he didn't have 100%, you know, involvement in, in the end. But still, you know, you get the fans that are like, no, no, no. We want the proper quote unquote version. So this is the supposedly the the, Tre- the Trevoro script. But it looks good. Andrew Weingarner, well done, dude. Looks very good. So check that out. Looks very cool. Uh, moving on to some book news. Books and all that. So Mark and I are big bookworms, as you can probably imagine. Every week, pretty much anyway, we talk about a book or something that we're reading. And typically, we read plenty of Star Wars books. And uh, I've got two lots of Star Wars news here for you. The first one uh, is not great news if you were looking forward to this book, but the upcoming Mandalorian visual guide and the Mandalorian novel have now officially been cancelled. I saw something on Twitter about this week before last, um, but there was no official word, so I just thought it was one of those rumoury things. But I think the deal with this was they were working on... So DK Books, you probably know that they put out these big, large-format visual guidebooks. They've done quite a few for Star Wars now. They were working on one for The Mandalorian, and Del Rey Books, they were working on, um, on The Mandalorian novel. But both of them have tweeted out, quite interestingly, they've, they've tweeted out exactly the same thing, message. So uh, DK Books, they tweeted out saying, due to the ever-expanding world of The Mandalorian, we will no longer be publishing The Mandalorian Ultimate Visual Guide at this time as the story continues to unfold on screen. And Del Rey tweeted out almost the same, they just changed it for their version. So they've said, blah, 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 we will no longer be publishing the Mandalorian original novel at this time as the story continues to unfold on screen. So I think what the deal was, what it sounds like anyway, was that they had developed this visual guide and working on the story, the novel, probably up to the events of season two. But then with the success of Disney Plus and everything, it's like, yeah, yeah, Disney are now throwing loads of money at doing these all these other Star Wars projects. But the the one that's closely related to this is the book of Boba Fett, which was announced at the end of season two. So that's coming this year, I think. And then we also have obviously season three of the Mandalorian that's on his way at some point as well. So I guess because of that, um, it feels like these two books would be immediately outdated as soon as they arrive. Cause I don't think these were coming until a little bit later this year. I think they were working on them now and they were going to be uh, released later on. So it's kind of weird. I mean, I don't think there'd be anything made like too groundbreaking specific that would, you know, cause these, these things to be, uh, you know, old before they even got started to a degree. Um, but you kind of, you can, yeah, you can kind of understand it from their point of view. It's like, yeah, we want to hold off on doing these things because, you know, but then again, it's like you fall into that trap of, well, if they're holding off because they want season three to land, as well as the book of Boba Fett, 
and then you start working on it. What if Disney Plus then announced season four of The Mandalorian? You know, you're you're always going to be sort of out of date. That's just the nature of books, unfortunately. So can kind of see it to a degree, but, you know, just why not just put the novel out and then make some more money and do another novel later? <laughs> just put the, put the novel out that, re, that uh, relates to what we've seen on screen so far. Uh, and then, yeah, the book of Boba Fett comes out, season three, possibly four of The Mandalorian. Then you get a follow-up novel and you make more money. But there we go. So if you're looking forward to those two books, they are no longer coming. So um, that's that. But... Uh, if you're looking for book recommendations, and we've had a few tweets about this over the since we've been doing this podcast, we've had a few because Mark and I have said that yeah we've read you know various books. Uh, we, we don't um, claim to have read every Star Wars book, of course, but we have read our fair share, and we've had um, we've had a few tweets and whatnot saying we need some book recommendations. We have no idea where to start. There is a kind of um, uh, uh, a chronological canon uh, guide which the dudes over at denofgeek.com have put together so this is this is if you want to get into star wars books and you want to do it through the through the timeline so they they recommend a batch of books for each era and some of them are pretty good uh, some of them i would question a wee bit so the first section which is before the prequels they recommend three books on this one. So the first one is The High Republic, Light of the Jedi by Charles Saul. This was the one that launched very recently. This kicks off this new new era of storytelling for Star Wars, The High Republic. Uh, they then recommend Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray and then Queen's Peril by E.K. Johnson. Now, I've read two of these books. So Light of the Jedi and Master and Apprentice. I enjoyed both of them loads. So Light of the Jedi, the most recent one, that's the last Star Wars book I read. That's very, very cool. It's very cool. It's a big old disaster story, sets up a bunch of Jedi characters, sets up a bunch of really cool villains, um, um, the Nihil, the Nihil, whatever. And uh, and it's a good sort of springboard into that era. Very cool. Master and Apprentice, also very good. Goes back and dives into the early, the early years of Qui-Gon, and Obi-Wan. Uh, Queen's Peril I've not read, but I think Mark has. So I can't comment on that one. But two out of those three books, pretty good. The prequel era, they only recommend uh, a few. Uh, again, sorry, uh, four books of this one. The first one is Queen's Shadow, uh, also by E.K. Johnson. Again, I've not read that one, uh, but I've heard it's pretty sweet, though. I've heard that one is pretty good. Queen's Shadow, I think that's about the story of like the, the handmaidens um, and to the, the kind of close-knit thing around Padme and stuff like that but I've heard it's pretty sweet and then the other three books is uh, Catalyst Rogue One novel uh, Thrawn Ascendancy and Dark Disciple now Star Wars Catalyst Catalyst Star Wars Catalyst the Rogue One novel is pretty good that's James Lucino uh, that's pretty good it's um, it's uh, it's like the run up to the start of like Rogue One is the run up to and you hope this book sets up the scene and uh and some of those major players that happen as we as you kick off uh, the rogue one film it's pretty good uh dark disciple um uh i'm kind of 50 50 on that one um 
it's okay. It's uh, it's an Assange Ventress um, uh, book. It's kind of um, I, I, it, it's really difficult to describe this book without giving anything away. It's um, uh, yeah, it's okay. I'm I'm still torn on it. I might have to reread it at some point. But yeah, it's definitely worth a go. It might be your cup of tea. And then Thrawn Ascendancy, I've not read as yet, but it sounds pretty good. And then they jump on to uh, After Revenge of the Sith, but before A New Hope, Star Wars Tarkin by James Lucino. A very, very cool book, Tarkin. Very cool book. Recommended that one. Um, and then uh, Ahsoka by E.K. Johnson. Uh, and Star Wars Most Wanted by Ray Carson. So I've read two of these books. So Tarkin, again, recommended. Uh, Ahsoka is uh, a pretty decent book, pretty decent read. It's um, it's uh, it's after she's, um, she's left the Jedi Order, and it's like the early times of the Rebellion. And uh, she meets new people and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And... Um, yeah, most wanted. I've not read, so I can't comment on that one. Then they move on to the original trilogy, which is one of the uh, Battlefront novels, which is Battlefront 2, Inferno Squad, which I've not read, and um, Heir to the Jedi, which is a classic. Uh, so that is um, the story of Luke Skywalker and how he you know, tries to build up the... Um, uh, it, it's, it's one of the first... Um, uh, books that was that was released after the sort of Disney quote-unquote reboot. Um, but it's all about sort of a deep dive into his thoughts around the Jedi Order, um, sustainably um, being a Jedi at that point in the galaxy and so on. It's a, it's a very in-depth book. It's uh, it's pretty good. Uh, but I've not read uh, Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad, so um, uh, I, uh, has Mark read that one? I can't remember. It looks pretty decent, though. Uh, I think that's around Iden Verso, Versio, Verso, Versio. And then after Return of the Jedi, they recommend a bunch of books there. So um, Star Wars Aftermath, Chuck Wendig, decent kickoff to that series. Uh, Alphabet Squadron, very good, but uh, you really have to have your thinking cap on at some points because it throws loads at you in terms of circumstance and characters. Uh, Star Wars Last Shot, I, I picked the book up, but I haven't read it yet. I really need to get round to reading that. The Poe Dameron Freefall haven't read. Bloodline haven't read. And um, uh, Phasma haven't read that. Uh, then I move on to the sequel trilogy and uh, it's Galaxy's Edge, Black Spire, uh, which didn't really interest me, I'll be honest with you. Um, but I might pick it up at some point if it's uh, sort of uber cheap. Then they recommend uh, Resistance Reborn, uh, which wasn't too bad, to be honest with you. It wasn't too bad. Uh, it's like a behind the scenes of what's happening throughout the Rise of Skywalker as we build up to the, the big epic battle, um, which is not too bad. And then the other one, A Crash of Fate, um, which is on the Galaxy's Edge book. Again, didn't really interest me too much, but I might check it out. So a bunch of books there to get your teeth into. Um, if you're up for something... You don't have to necessarily go through these in chronological canon order. You can pick these out, you know, anyone takes your fancy. But uh, the guys over at Den of Geek putting together a decent list. And um, yeah, a few of these are definitely recommended. 
definitely, definitely, definitely go and check out Master and Apprentice, um, Catalyst, Tarkin, uh, Ahsoka. Uh, what else? Um, uh, Thrawn. Uh, any of the Thrawn books, they're all really good. Um, Heir to the Jedi, very good. Uh, Aftermath, very good. And potentially Alphabet Squadron. If you want to move away from like the main characters and dive into a whole subset of characters and stuff like that, then that's cool. So yeah, I'll stick a link to that. Go and check those out. Uh, some great books there. And then lastly, I want to finish up with uh, a little bit of a uh, an inside report. So yeah, it's another one of those. Another one, one of those. Our sources have said kind of things. But um this is over. We got this covered. Mark and I speak about stories from this website quite frequently. And um, there's still a lot of discussion and chat going on around what is exactly happening with the upcoming films. Are we still going to have these trilogies, these standalone films? What's going on? And according to their sources, and apparently these sources are the same ones who told us about um, Ahsoka appearing in The Mandalorian uh, before Rosario Dawson's casting was even announced. And they have said that Disney slash Lucasfilm want to focus less on trilogies and more on standalone movies rather than trilogies. Now, this kind of goes against... <laughs> what we spoke about last week or the week before, I think it was a week before last, where another source somewhere else had said that the Ryan Johnson trilogy is still on the table. So although we haven't heard anything for ages about that, have no idea really what's going on, apparently it's still a thing. Um, so I'm not really sure uh, on this one, I'll be honest with you. So... His thing's still happening. However, this source kind of conflicts with that. It says that the focus is now shifting to delivering delivering movies one at a time and producing more standalone efforts. Uh, it's That's kind of what's happening anyway, by default, because we know that we've got films coming from Patty Jenkins, uh, Taika Waititi. Um, they're still banging on about this Kevin Feige attached to some stuff we know that that's not happening. He might be involved at executive producer level, maybe. We're not sure, but he's certainly not going to direct any Star Wars films anytime soon or put his name as like, you know, the front runner, the name to a film. So we know that we've got a couple of films standalone coming anyway. But the thing that's kind of, in my mind, really uh, just causing some friction with what these sources are trying to get at is that yes, they want to get away from the big behemoth projects, which is these big trilogies and stuff like that carries a lot of weight, you know, a lot of pressure. So putting a bit more time and effort into developing these solo individual films does make sense. Um, however, it's the Ryan Johnson thing that's still causing this friction because some sources say that he is still doing that. He's still working on a new Star Wars trilogy of movies. Um, but then you have other stories and other sources like this that say they're moving away from trilogies. They're not doing that stuff anymore. 
So it's really hard to say. And obviously we're not going to get anything official from either Lucasfilm or Disney because they'll wait until quite late, 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 late in the day before they say, yes, this is a thing. So it's very difficult to gauge exactly what they're doing with with this stuff. But you would have thought that the larger projects would probably go over to Disney Plus because even though a trilogy of films, you've got, what, anything between three and a half to six hours, depending on the length of each film, you've got that amount of time to tell a bigger story and connect them. That's still really, really, really expensive to do. And there's a lot of pressure as well because, you know, us as Star Wars fans know that more than anybody. You've got to get it right. If you don't get it right, why is a Skywalker? If you don't get it right, you can't go, there's no do-overs. You know, at least with a TV show, like I said, you've got, you know, three and a half to six and a half hours of films with a Disney Plus series, if you do it over 10 episodes, you've got 10 hours worth, you know, or even eight episodes, you've got eight hours worth of of stuff there. But the difference is, is that you can tweak things along the way, obviously. You get your first two episodes done, and then you're looking at your footage, you're looking at the vibe, you're seeing what's going on. You have the opportunity after X number of episodes to be like, actually, we need to tweak this a little bit. This character needs a little bit of a change here. We need to realign what we're doing with this bit let's let's change that over there you can you can as the, as a production goes ahead obviously you plan everything out i'm no expert at this but you see it in behind the scenes all the time you have all the upfront pre-production all the storyboarding all the scripts are done all the rest of it however like every single tv show ever produced they always change and tweak things a little bit as they go as needed whereas with a film you can't once it's out bosh it's out so there we go apparently this source is claiming that Lucasfilm or Disney are moving away from trilogies, focusing on standalone films, but kind of goes against what we know. Well, not we know, but the other source, the other rumours that uh, Ryan Johnson's still making a trilogy. So who knows? There we go. That's all the news I've got for you this week. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up there. This has been episode 97. Yo, episode 97 is done in the bag. Thank you very much for all of you coming back and listening to another episode of Spark of Rebellion. It's been great to have you all here. Star Wars fans united. That is not a football team, by the way. Mm -mm. So, book news. If you're looking forward to the novel of The Mandalorian and the visual guide, mm -mm, that's not coming. So you might have to wait quite a bit longer for that one. Uh, but uh, I will link to the Den of Geek episode uh, article where it goes through all of those different book recommendations. If you're new to Star Wars books and you're like, yeah, quite fancy diving in, but you're not really sure, uh, you can check out each era and their recommendations there. Also, you can tweet um, us here. Mark and I will get back to you if you want to ask some Star Wars books questions. We've Between us, we've read enough, I think, to be able to answer them fairly confidently. So let us know if you want any recommendations for books. We'll happily do that. Uh, remember to follow us on your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you 
as a follower, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all those things. Uh, you won't miss a show when it lands uh, every week. Uh, new, a new show drops every Saturday. So get on and follow us over there. And we are on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just do a search for Spark of Rebellion. You'll find us on there. Give us a like and a follow so we can chat Star Wars in between shows throughout the week, which is nice. Yeah. And as I said earlier, if you like what we do here and you want to support the show, you can do that on our Patreon, which is over at patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. You can jump on from various, uh, jump on from a dollar upwards onto various tiers, get yourself um, some producer credits, get involved in the show, some swag, all that stuff, uh, which is patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. And thank you so much to our current patrons. You guys are awesome. Thank you very much. Love you guys. Until next week for episode 98. My name's Gary and we will see you next time. May the force be with you always. <laughs>